The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Technology and adjusting values of success and happiness are changing the way we live and work. If you are a homeowner, aspiring homeowner, or business professional, these transitions are affecting your real estate decisions now. Welcome to the future of real estate with Jessica Stoner. Jessica and her guests will key you in to the technological evolution and other factors that will affect all aspects of real estate, your home, and community of the future. Now, here is your host, Jessica Stoner. Welcome. I'm glad you could join today. You are listening to the future of real estate. I'm a real estate futurist and your host, Jessica Stoner. Be sure that you are getting the best informed real estate advice. Visit realestatefuture.ca and click Let Me Help. I stay in touch with forward-thinking realtors around the world, and I'm happy to connect you with one in your area. Today, we are talking about the blockchain and its future uses in real estate. Everyone today has heard about the blockchain. We know it is used to host the digital currency Bitcoin. Other than that, most of us don't really know much more about the blockchain, and we're going to learn about that today. To make it really simple to start with, before we get into details, as an overview, we can just say that the blockchain is a software program that stores information and the transactions that take place with that information. The information can be viewed by anyone if it's a public network or anyone in the network if it's a private network. Each transaction is verified by multiple others, ensuring that changes cannot be made without notice and reducing, perhaps eliminating, uh, chances of fraud. Now, some of us will be surprised to learn that the blockchain is something that is separate from Bitcoin. It can initially be confusing because the blockchain that you hear the most about is called the Bitcoin blockchain. It's called that because it was created to host the Bitcoin digital currency. But this blockchain is not exclusive to Bitcoin. It also hosts other information services and databases as well. Just like, for example, the iPhone, the iPhone hosts some Apple apps, but there's other software developers that also write their own apps to be run on the iPhone platform. Now, on top of that, the Bitcoin blockchain is only one of multiple blockchains out there, just as there are multiple smartphones besides the iPhone. There are a lot of questions about the Bitcoin that we're going to answer today. We are going to cover what a blockchain is. We're going to chat about how it works. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about why it's considered safer and more efficient than the systems that we use today. What 
uses it's being used for today will cover, as well as what we think it could be used for in the future. What is most important to me, of course, is how can it and will it be used in real estate? And what's most important for you, we'll talk about how this can affect your life. We are talking with Marina Resnick. She's a partner with Ubiquity. Ubiquity is a company utilizing blockchain technology to start the recording and safekeeping of real estate titles, transactions, and documents. You can reach Marina and Ubiquity at their website, ubiquity.io. I'm going to spell it for you. It's spelled differently. <laughs> it has the word bit in it due to Bitcoin, I'm assuming. So U-B-I-T-Q-U-I-T-Y dot I-O is their website. You can also reach Marina on LinkedIn at Marina Resnick, and I'll spell her name as well, M-A-R-I-N-A-R-E-Z-N-I-K. And you could also find her on Facebook at Norfolk Realtor. That's N-O-R-F-O-L-K Realtor. For more information on um, this contact um, and details, please visit realestatefuture.ca and all of the contact information is there. We have a lot of really fascinating information we're going to cover, so we're going to dive right in. Marina, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so pleased you could be with us today. Yes, looking forward to it. Oh, great. Let's start at the very beginning. Can you explain Mm -hmm. to us what a blockchain is? Sure. Well, I think you did a fabulous job. Um, It's a complicated topic because... There is no one set definition. It is a developing, emerging technology. It's still in its inception and in its early development, so there is no one specific definition. Um, there is multiple blockchains and more and more being built every day. And mm-hmm. the different mechanisms of how they work um, in one way, they're similar. It's almost like the skeleton, the ledger uh, idea underneath is sort of similar through them all, but the different mechanisms on how they verify, and, and uh, I'm not going to get into all the technical uh, jargon, Sure, yeah, we're just looking for the basic ledger. overview of what a blockchain is. Think of a ledger. Humans have been creating ledgers since. I don't know, the dawn of man. <laughs> and, you know, from simple ledgers keeping track of how many cows you own or traded to, obviously, the complex ledgers we, we have now in banking and real estate and every, every other um, industry. So right. a ledger is very important to keep in order to know what you have and, you know, uh, just in general, the, arch- the background sort of architecture of the economy. And this is a digital version of a ledger, so to speak, except it is distributed. That is the biggest difference. So normally you would have a ledger. Can you explain what you mean by it is distributed? So think of a bank. They would have a ledger, uh, you know, credits, debits, and they would just kind of keep their ledger. It is siloed, meaning it is housed in their servers, or if it's on paper, it's in their, you know, office building, it is in one location. Right. So they control the information. They can potentially have employees that tamper with it. Uh, It is also, especially in a digital form, it is looked at as a giant digital cookie jar for 
nefarious players in other places to hack into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, if you think about it, the larger the cookie jar, the more possibility of people wanting to actually tamper with it and, and hack into it. Right. Um, so that's what's called siloed. And obviously that's worked for many, many years, you know, but we evolve as humans, technology evolves, and new and better methods are um, created. So distributed so, means that... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. So just like the Internet right now that we all use is distributed in, in a sense that we're all running a certain application, you know, we're all logging into something to get on the Internet. And it's like a web. Obviously, there are centralized points, uh, you know, big server farms. But basically, we're all, in a sense, kind of distributed and logging on to a platform or a program or, you know, there's a portal somewhere that you have to enter the Internet through. Right. This is almost like another, a new layer on top of the Internet. Mm-hmm. And, and it is an Internet of value versus an Internet of information. And it is also okay. distributed. And anyone who's running that client, those programs, and there's the hundreds of thousands, I'm actually probably underestimating it, uh, thousands and thousands of computers around the world running, like, let's, let's talk about the Bitcoin blockchain in particular. Sure. People are familiar with it. So if you and I and hundreds of thousands of other people are accessing that layer, then it is distributed on all of our computers, in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, a little com- it's more complicated than that, but basically there is no centralized, big, siloed uh, store of information. The information is almost uh, chopped up, and uh, parts of it is stored on everyone's computer. And, in fact, the ledger itself is copied and stored. A full copy of the ledger is stored on everyone's computer so that that's part of the consensus mechanism, meaning, um, let's start in the beginning. One plus one equals two. Let's say that's the very first transaction in this ledger. We all have that one plus one equals two mathematical you know, formula. The next time a transaction is added, you add another one. Now it must equal three. It's, it's cryptography, but basically it's math. And it is secured and created uh, out of math. And that's where the trust comes from. Because if I try to insert a transaction that doesn't necessarily belong, the math won't work and the computers will not agree. All the consensus mechanism will not work and it will reject that transaction that I'm trying to insert into the ledger. Okay. Because so all the ledgers have you were to saying the Internet has, um, everybody runs it, but there's central points of... Um, that kind of run the internet and there's central points of data um, uh, uploading kind of thing. So with the blockchain, what you're saying is that there's no central points. Everybody equally has all the access to the information and therefore there's no central points that can be um, weak and can be a fraud can't happen because there's no one central point. Everybody has all the information all the time. Is that correct? In a sense, yes. There are, uh, you know, um, just like there are people who are simply maybe users of it and they maybe just log on or on their phone or uh, and have some Bitcoin in, in their Bitcoin wallet. And then there's also what's called miners, which is 
it is all decentralized, but those are two kind of different players on the same system. But yes, but we're okay. not going to go into that much of a technical <laughs> explanation. No worries. But we should touch on the miners. Can you explain what a miner's role is in a blockchain? They are the ones, so, so they're the ones doing the work. Uh, there's work involved, there's energy involved, the, there's hardware that's actually performing these cryptographic mathematical equations that verify the transaction. Basically, they're the ones that, I may submit a transaction on my phone through my, my wallet, um, mm-hmm. but the miners are the ones who verify because okay, my so who, phone isn't going to have enough. Who, who are the miners? Oh, anyone running, anyone who wants to buy the equipment and run and basically add to the horsepower of the network in a sense. So, so my phone isn't really, my phone is a user, but not really adding any horsepower. But right. I'm adding to the overall capitalization. So I'm increasing the network's usefulness by using okay. it. But then there's so also do- people who are putting in the work verifying the transactions. Okay, so I'm going to try to recap that, and please correct me (laughs) if it's incorrect. So first of all, the miners, it's their computers that um, creates the the horsepower um, to operate the uh, system. So it's not one centralized point again. There's thousands of computers around the world, and it can be anyone. So therefore, we also don't have any centralized point of people being hired, et cetera, because anybody's computer can do this. So if you wanted to create fraud, you would need to be able to um, fraudulently affect thousands of computers around the world that are fairly random. Is that correct? Yes. Well, in the, uh, in the beginning of the Bitcoin blockchain, the cryptographic mathematical uh, formulas that needed to be solved were fairly easy. So you're basic laptop could have done it. Now right. um, it's designed that way to get uh, more difficult as time goes on. And so now there's specialized hardware. It's called um, ASIC hardware and, and mining software. And, and someone has to purchase that and, you know, mm-hmm. plug it into the wall, <laughs> use power. And, and so when we say mining, people think, how, how is it mining? It's putting in work. Just like if you were mining gold, you would physically have a, you know, whatever equipment you would need <laughs> and put in the time and put in the physical work. This is, you know, you buy the equipment, you plug it in, you use energy. So there is, it is mining in a sense. You're putting in work. You're not just sort of printing it or creating it just from a couple of keystrokes. Right. So like why would somebody, <laughs> why would somebody do that? Why would somebody become a miner of a blockchain? Well, you, you get rewarded when you run uh, these mining operations, you get rewarded for verifying. And, and that's the thing is, just like with, let's go back to mining for gold, you get rewarded, you put in the work, the more work you do, hopefully, you know, you're, you get rewarded by finding gold every once in a while. Right. With Bitcoin, it is designed in a similar way that the reward, these, these computers are solving mathematical problems, cryptographic, very complicated mathematical problems, and Every so often, they get that reward, and um, that's sort of how it's balanced. It's almost like a digital gold standard in a sense, because you can't just a couple of keystrokes and create, you know, more 
Bitcoin. You have to right. put in the energy, the equipment, the, the time, but you get rewarded. I, when I use Bitcoin on my wallet and my phone, I'm just a user, yep. someone who wants to invest in some equipment and mine. They get rewarded for it okay. with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Let's just take a break now, but when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about what Ubiquity does um, and uh, how the blockchain can be used in um, our daily lives. We'll be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success it's the future of digital media it's finding your voice it's engaging topics content and ideas jeff and ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects it's about making the mistakes taking the chances summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try decide to learn decide that you have something to say and find your frequency live fridays at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to the future of real estate. And we're back. We're talking with Marina Resnick with Ubiquity. You can reach Marina and Ubiquity at their website, ubiquity.io. I'm going to spell it for you. It's a unique spelling. U-B-I-T-Q-U-I-T-Y dot I-O. And for more details on additional contact information for Marina Resnick and Ubiquity, visit my website, realestatefuture.ca, and uh, you'll find the contact information there. So, Marina, before we went to a break, we were talking a bit about how the blockchain works. Can you give me an idea of why this is the ideal tool for record keeping? Absolutely. Basically, as we said before, it's a a ledger, and the ledger is based on cryptographic, it's basically math (laughs) in a simplified way, 
And the ledger maintains a continually growing list of, uh, it's a continually growing ledger. So basically, every transaction that's ever happened is obviously on that ledger. It's chronological. You can trust it because it's cryptography, and we already trust cryptography. And it's an ever, it's continuously growing. So, and it's a public ledger. The, um, the ledger is, it kind of mimics what we need in record keeping. Since records are important for our society, our society is based on keeping records from marriage certificates to property deeds to, you know, banking or any millions of different ledgers. So mm-hmm. our socio, our society is basically based upon trustworthy record keeping. And we already trust cryptography and the mathematical principles behind that. And this is just, we've basically come to a time where we can combine multiple different technologies and ways of doing things into this new form of Internet, Uh, basically another layer on top of the existing Internet that has never existed before. All right. So what does Ubiquity do? Sure. We are the very first uh, company to create a platform for real estate record keeping and for recording property records onto the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay. And actually, (laughs) I I, I recorded... A transaction that I had because I'm a full-time realtor during the, for my day job. Right. And once once we finished the platform, we have a fully functioning, you know, basic but fully functioning system. I had a transaction that was coming up that actually was a friend of mine, and so I said, "Hey, let's record that uh, and be the first. So, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I have a little bit of a <laughs> claim to 15 minutes of fame there. Excellent. And, and while, you know, it's, uh, it, it's exciting, but what's more exciting is we, we see this as more of a showcase of what's possible. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's not legal, legally accepted or anything like that. The, the closing right. that I had was performed <laughs> under the normal legal standards of my municipality, but we also basically mimicked that transaction and in a digital way and recorded it to the blockchain so there is a permanent record of that and we're simply expanding from there. So, um, so the intention is that eventually the legal um, records for real estate will eventually be on the blockchain. Why is that superior to the existing record systems that we have now? Well, <laughs> in the developed world, you know, North America and uh any of the Commonwealth countries, uh, the system is is functional. Uh, there's a lot of error, but we have systems in place. We have title insurance, title comp. You know, we have mechanisms that help us correct errors that are found. But according to the American Land Title Association in mm-hmm. North America, about thirty percent of all title searches come back with some sort of error, maybe just a date or improper um, indexing with the city, but sometimes very complicated, as you know, and Mm -hmm. those are always going to create hardships in the real world, you know. Uh, 
technology <laughs> is is one thing, but when you're dealing with humans and you're telling them there's title issues and they can't move in and kids have to start school and movers are already on the way, it's, it's, it creates a lot of hardship. So even though we have the most developed systems of land records, we're still nowhere near where we should be. Um, right. A lot of things are still on paper. I mean, there are small towns in the U.S., and I don't know about Canada, but uh, I'm sure where they're still keeping everything in one building, some small little town. What if a fire happens? What if theft happens? Uh, in mm-hmm. New, or- New Orleans, after Katrina, there was a lot of you know, uh, municipal buildings that got damaged, records got mm-hmm. flooded, molded. Um, Haiti, after the earthquake, right. I read somewhere that like 90% of their land records got destroyed because of the flood and, you know, um, fires or any normal things that happen to paper. Even if the, thing, okay. even if the uh, records are digital, they're still siloed, as I spoke about before. They're Can you still- remind us what siloed is again? Sure. Basically, they're in one place. Maybe they're on the the county's servers, but they're in their basement, you know, or even if they're in a few different, uh, maybe they have three remote locations where they keep the information, but it's still one siloed database that can be hacked. So, okay. Um, and, you know, in the developing world, as you know, regime change happens. Corrupt government officials happen, even in the Mm -hmm. developed world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, a siloed database that one entity is in control of can easily be manipulated. Uh, You know, somebody can pay someone off to change a couple of keystrokes in the database, and that's it, right? So for the blockchain, let's say Mm -hmm. we have all of the real estate records on the blockchain. There's no one central... Um, server that's hosting this information. Therefore, there's no one central place you can go to hack anything. Is that correct? Yeah. And that's why it's mm-hmm. more um, um, unlikely to be susceptible to fraud? It is superior by far because if it's like that analogy I used earlier of a giant cookie jar. It's very mm-hmm. tempting. You know, it's very tempting for someone to hack into a system where everything's there and suddenly, you know, I'm the owner of the Eiffel Tower, well, not, that's an exaggeration, but, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> very, very often we have very serious regime change, let's say, in a developing country. And the last regime, you know, granted something to their friends and family, and then the next regime comes in and says, no, no, here's the, here, we have the official record. We're the government. Here's the, right. you know, this person owns it. Um, but even in the... Like in the U.S. where I am, the information can still, well, there's a lot of paper information. We're only about halfway through digitizing all of our jurisdictions, and mm-hmm. even those digital records are siloed and right. susceptible to corruption, losing, you know, a, a database can be just corrupted. It doesn't have to be hacked. It can just... Uh, yeah, no, that's fair enough. And that's a yeah. good point about the developing countries where um, it is really easy for the government to say, I'm in control and I'm taking the ownership away and give it to somebody else. With the blockchain, that can't happen. It, it Once it's a record, it's, it's a record, it's a public record, one person can't change it. Right. And some countries don't have official uh, records of ownership or systems of records right. or they're sort of informal 
And if, for example, in Haiti, right, when <laughs> they found themselves with no, basically no records left because they were all wet or moldy or, you know, just Destroyed, gone. yeah. They, A, have to now figure out all of that. <laughs> uh, but if they're going to rebuild, why not rebuild to the highest, you know, security standards that exist rather than another, even if it's digital, another siloed database that mm-hmm. there's already something superior that exists. And it's in its infancy, but it is... We are lucky to be able to actually understand that this is something to be developed right? and and jump on this. Let's head out into a break right now, but let's pick this up again after the break. There's still more to chat about. <laughs> well, uh, we're yeah. heading into a break now. We'll be back in a moment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to The Future of Real Estate with Jessica Stoner. To learn more about the topics on today's show, visit www.realestatefuture.ca. Now, back to the future of real estate. And we're back. We're chatting with uh, Marina Resnick, and she is a partner with Ubiquity, and we're talking about the blockchain. So, Marina, can you give us an idea of how the blockchain is used in other industries right now? Absolutely. 
there's a lot more development in banking, and uh, it's a whole new industry called fintech, financial technology. Uh, those ledgers are sort of the low-hanging fruit because it's you know one settlement of a, the settlement of a transaction is the complete life cycle versus in real estate you're almost building like a digital health record of a property over its lifespan. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more complicated. Yeah. But uh, banking ledgers for settlement of any sort of uh, commodity trading or securities or any ledger in the banking world and a financial world, um, supply chain management. Uh, I know Walmart is experimenting uh, with blockchain for tracking produce and freshness and you know really eliminating any sort of roadblocks that would cause additional time or could, you know, paperwork could fall through the cracks, uh, supply chain management throughout the world, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tracking something and, and just sort of um, simplifying and streamlining everything and making it much, much more cost efficient. Okay. Well, that brings up a good question because the blockchain being so closely connected with Bitcoin and, you know, the early days Bitcoin being known to um, be the currency for illegal activity, it makes me wonder, is the banks on board with this? Are they accepting this new technology as being more secure than their existing systems? Well, blockchain technology overall is not should not be equated with Bitcoin necessarily. The Bitcoin Mm -hmm. blockchain is the very first and the most widely known blockchain, but there has been, I don't even know how many blockchains developed in recent, uh, just in the last year or two, and and, uh, there are private blockchains that are Mm -hmm. being developed by a lot of the banks and even governments, and there's public blockchains. So a public blockchain like the Bitcoin blockchain is distributed on whoever wants to run the you know the program on their computer anywhere in the world. It's not one central, it's just people adding to the network. A right. private blockchain is uh, for example, the government of Dubai is uh, looking to basically create a private blockchain for all their government record keeping by 2020. That's their goal. And okay. um, they're creating what they're calling, uh, you know, private block, well, they're calling it blockchain technology, but it's not the same thing because there is not as much of a wide, widely distributed uh, network. And so right. inherently it's less secure. It's, it's, it is controlled, you know, obviously creating a blockchain-like structure yet right. still but run it, by one entity. Is sort okay, of <laughs> but still more secure than if it was your traditional data storage yeah. Absolutely. System. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what other industries are using this system and, and how is it working for those industries? There is so much development. I mean, there are billions and billions of dollars. And I'm not exaggerating going in uh, just especially in the last two to three years. Uh, I think I read somewhere last year it was called the year of the blockchain. Uh, but it is suddenly this huge swell of interest and uh, venture capital money and just money flowing into the sector. Most people who are not familiar with it would have no idea, but just a couple of keystrokes online, you can Google it or, excuse me, you search for it (laughs) (laughs) and um, and, uh, you'll, you'll be very, very surprised. I would say there's a lot of, um, no one wants to be left behind. There's a lot of money flowing into 
all of this development because the architecture, the background architecture mm-hmm. of all of the different financial ledgers and anything that we have running in the background is going to have to be modernized. And why not jump on the n- most amazing new technology that mathematically protects the information, mathematically verifies and is trustworthy because cryptography, math is, is trustworthy. <laughs> so, right, um, right. But with us, we imagine a future where, let me give you the big picture, like not this year, but, you know, many, a few years down the line, we imagine where it's not just record of ownership, not just your deed, let's say, that's tracked using blockchain technology. And we, we see it as more of a widespread adoption where every property owner in the municipalities that decide to adopt it has the ability to digitally, in a way, attach things to their uh, property. So it's sort of a one portal where they can log in, uh, possibly for tax collection, you know, paying their taxes, but it is uh, also a place they can record surveys, future warranties for the property, and basically build a digital health record for the property, for the life of the property. Uh, not just the life of the owner, but going forward right. and really, really keep its value up. Well, that I see a lot of benefits to that. Like right now, mm-hmm. um, for example, if you are selling your home and the roof was on the home and you bought it, you don't know when the roof was put on. Right. And, you know, insurance mm-hmm. companies now are often saying, we won't insure this if the roof is more than 20 years old. Well, we, we don't know how old the roof was. This way, I mean, it's just one tiny example, but yeah. I can see how having one digital sort of portal for all the information for that home could be really valuable. Yeah, say I, I have a foreclosure I'm selling or trying to evaluate the value of, and it's on septic. How do I know where the septic system is? We have to pay mm-hmm. people, you know, we have to do a lot of physical due diligence Right now, we have to physically go and do a title search, and most of the time, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, the more information, the more widely it's available and trusted, the more the more markets become liquid. The more the yeah. easier transactions happen, the faster, and it it just unlocks vast amounts of capital. Yeah, and I can see it just you know making the accuracy of everything about the home you're buying um, more accurate. <laughs> like right now, there's a lot of guesswork. And a lot of the time you'll have the sellers fill out a, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a report t- saying, you know, this is the details about the home, but they don't know because when they bought it, they just counted on what the seller said before. And then that seller count, it goes back. We don't actually have a lot of ways of confirming information. And this seems to be a really good ongoing, as I said, portal for information for your home. Yeah, this technology is incredibly exciting. And, you know, we don't presume to know everything or to be able to even envision every way of structuring it. We've built sort of like a spec house in a sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Since we're in real estate, you know, we've built something that we can showcase. And now we are just looking for partners, uh, municipalities, uh, title companies, and we are actually in talks with several, um, several in the U.S., a few abroad, and two of the four major title companies as well. Everyone's coming to us with a lot of interest because we are the first, and obviously mm-hmm. my recording of that transaction I had in the summer drew a lot of press and attention. So 
we, we've also had a lot of um, interest from academia. Academia is really uh, coming to us because they're seeing this amazing growth. And we have, boy, we have partnered with a lot of different universities. We, we got invited to MIT twice. Uh, MIT Center for Real Estate earlier, okay. well, in 2016, and we spoke at Columbia University. Uh, we've partnered with the University of British Columbia. They have uh, blockchain at UBC. Uh, basically, uh, they one of their professors and researchers approached us and wants to study us in a way and also help mm-hmm. us since we are not the experts necessarily of uh, you know, everything about record keeping. We want the help of academics who are uh, and anyone who can add more, um, who can make our database and our platform as useful as possible for the future. You know, we're welcoming that and we're really excited. We're really excited for uh, basically having academics and researchers help us make our platform better. Right. Let's head into our last break here, but when we get back, let's explore that a little more and see how we move from uh, this being theory in a, in a showcase situation to actually putting it into reality. So we're going mm-hmm. to head into a break right now, and we'll be back in one moment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Will you be using a real estate agent soon? It is important to work with up-to-date realtors with advanced knowledge of the ever-changing landscape of real estate. Knowing how things work today is no longer enough. To provide you with the most accurate service and advice, your agent needs to know about tomorrow, too. Jessica Stoner stays in contact with current forward-thinking realtors around the world. Visit realestatefuture.ca and Jessica will connect you with a modern professional realtor in your area. Hire Jessica Stoner as a speaker at your next event. Jessica has unique knowledge of both real estate and future studies. With extensive industry experience and education paired with an unquenchable excitement for all things future, she's well positioned to share an assortment of topics about the future of real estate with your group. Jessica's passion and knowledge in her speaking engagements is apparent and thought-provoking and of great interest to a wide variety of audiences. Visit Real Estate Future We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. listening to the future of real estate with jessica stoner to learn more about the topics on today's show visit www.realestatefuture.ca now back to the future of real estate we're back and we're talking with marina resnick from ubiquity about the blockchain and how it can be used in real estate 
So, Marina, before the break, we were talking about um, the different industries that um, the Bitcoin can be, sorry, the blockchain can be used in. And we had talked about Mm -hmm. how um, the ideas of how it could be used in real estate. How do we get from this point where it's it's kind of theory to putting it into practical effect? Sure. Well, we have put it into practice. Like I said, we've uh, recorded my transaction, and we actually have um, other records on the system as well. We've partnered with a tiny home uh, developer, which is mm-hmm. developing small new communities, and basically starting a clean ti- uh, abstract of title, digital abstract of title in a sense, uh, okay. because they're building new ones. Obviously, all the previous title searching has already happened. So we are actively recording more um, more records onto the system, and we've just recently announced a partnership with a company in Ghana called Bitland, which is also, we met them at the World Bank, um, and uh, the, the CEO at the World Bank, we met him, and they're doing it for the people of Ghana, and really sort of a similar land registry idea just to, uh, fit um, for what they have in Ghana, which is very informal. And um, basically right now we are talking with several municipalities who have found some funds that they would like to use to form pilot programs, and we're literally just negotiating that right now to customize our platform for their needs. Laws, customs are always going to be different. Mm-hmm. You know, real estate is mm-hmm. very fragmented, so we can't just build one size fits all and, and push it on everyone. We have shown what we can do, and we have the records we're building onto our system, but we want it to be as trustworthy and as useful as possible. So we really do need to branch off and have these strategic partnerships and these pilot programs to really uh, build it for the laws of that municipality or that country or you know, whatever their needs sure. are to customize sure. it, that it's legally, so that it's legal, essentially, <laughs> so that it's the so, municipality that implements it. Do you mirror the existing land titles systems in the beginning until you have enough information on mm-hmm. it that the whole system can be moved over to the blockchain? So we see this basically as cleaning things up going forward. We're not going to attempt to, you know, uh, go back and and try to record hundreds of years of information. That that that's a Herculean task. That doesn't seem right. reasonable. So it's almost like injecting some penicillin into the currently <laughs> somewhat sick system and cleaning it up going forward. So we're not trying to get rid of title insurance uh, by any means or replace it. We are trying to clean it up so that going forward you have less title issues, less claims. Uh, So in a sense, if you think about title insurance, let's say break it up into a third is profit, a third is cost to cure issues, and the other third is, I don't know, other administrative things. So if you can uh, get rid of that one third or a quarter, if you can get rid of, you know, a third of the cost for the curing issues part, you still leave the profit, you still leave the uh, additional insurance that is maybe used for any litigation that does come up. We're not saying this will be perfect, but it's going to be, you know, a lot better than what we have now and mm-hmm. avoid uh, 
simple human error, hopefully, and even if it's not avoided, it is clear who made it when, it, nothing's lost. It's very, very simple. It's simpler to correct. And then also just uh, hopefully eliminating errors and eliminating issues going forward. And five or ten years from now, there's not, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, the... Uh, the notary stamped it with the wrong date, and now we can't close for two weeks. And, you know, there's, there's human lives involved that we're trying to eliminate cost, eliminate headaches, eliminate all this sort of uh, uh, just actually lubricate things and make things move faster and, and more like what we would expect in 2017. You know? Right. So for each municipality... Will they? Will it be necessary for them to all be on the same system, or can each municipality be on its own system and have it maybe a different blockchain? Or how will everything mm-hmm. fit together? We call ourselves blockchain agnostic. So mm-hmm. even though our platform underlying our platform is the Bitcoin blockchain, because right now we feel that is the best. Uh, blockchain for what we need it to do, the functionality, we trust it the most. It has been around for since 2009, so it is the oldest, and if you think of a ledger, the longer mathematical problem uh, is, the more trustworthy it is. You know, uh, sort of, it's been going on for this many years, and it's uh, most widely used and trusted. So, right. but, but there's other blockchains that should we need functionalities that we, we will be able to make them interoperable. So they will be okay. able to make them talk and communicate, and we don't see that. I mean, each municipality, you know, Brazil versus the U.S., their laws are different. They're not mm-hmm. going to really need to talk to each other necessarily. They're just right. going to need to be accessible to anyone who wants to maybe buy a property. Maybe they're in China, but they're researching properties in America and in Brazil, they just need to be accessible and trustworthy. Right. So do you see this happening municipality by municipality, or at some point do you think there's going to be a tipping point where you'll have whole states or whole countries saying, we're changing our system, we're going to this now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we thought this was going to be harder than, it, than it's turning out because everyone seems to want this. They're okay. all sort of want to be the first. They, 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 the hype, there's a lot of amazing promise and a lot of true amazing technology here. But there's also this, it's the cool, the cool blockchain is the cool word mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in uh, the tech world. And so we have municipalities and country representatives coming to us. Now, even mm-hmm. in other countries, you know, it's all regional, you know, land title um, registration is local, regional. So, but they're coming to us, and we're just delighted because we reached out to many politicians during the election. We used the election to kind of reach out to, you know, county recorders running for office and you know, giving them talking points. Hey, you know, you can look innovative in front of your taxpayers, mm-hmm. uh, your your yeah. voters, and save money and all that. And they were very receptive. Um, but that's about as much reaching out as we've done. Everyone else has come to us, which has been really, really excellent. And uh, the title companies are interested. And like I said, right now we're in talks with uh, structuring two pilot programs, one in the U.S. and one in another country. I, I will refrain from saying okay. where, but, um, 
but there's money um, allocated, and we're just uh, sort of you know figuring all the details out right now. Right. They so all still want to modernize. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. What was that? They all want to modernize. You know, they're all going okay. to digital record keeping, and then why not enhance that with uh, as secure as possible, as trustworthy right. as possible. And, uh, you know, the Internet in 1992, nobody really realized it was going to make this much of an impact on our lives. Everyone right. was like, oh, that's the specialty thing. We're lucky in this situation. It's almost like the Internet in 1992, but we're recognizing the impact it will have this time sure. around. And so we're jumping on it immediately. You know, as much as it's the buzzword and, you know, it, it's it's sort of a, a cool factor to be, um, you know, taking blockchain into consideration. The difference, I think, is that a lot of um, new tech stuff can be very cool and very shiny, but I think there's a genuine um, uh, usability, a genuine um, mm-hmm. um, sort of aspect to this that it, it is generally going to change change everything and yep. make things more secure and, and protect, you know, our really important information from hackers, et cetera. So I think it's more than just the shiny thing that everybody might think it is right now. I think you're right. Oh, it's yeah. probably a little more fundamental, like the inter- introduction of the internet. I, I think you're right. It's on that level. It's, it's, it's real. It's going to reduce like all the back office inefficiency in Payment systems, you know, from like fintech uh, adoption in banking and different financial transaction processing, and just improve and clean up the administrative back office architecture of our economy. And we're only getting more complicated as a species, more records, we are, more ledgers, and more. <laughs> so. It's nice to hear that there's something out there that is going to keep. Um, you know, people more responsible. Like, you know, there's a lot that Mm -hmm. went on during the financial crisis in 2007 and 8. And, you know, if we had all of this information on the blockchain, it would have been a lot easier to see earlier. And there, I'm not sure that could have happened if every, all of those financial records were on a blockchain. What What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you and I are in real estate. We both know there's improper foreclosures, you know, lost paperwork that, I mean, so much of that could have been prevented. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, my when I was buying my property, uh, there was a month delay because the foreclosure deed was notarized and, you know, by hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the notary wrote, wrote the wrong date. He dated it okay. for the day before the foreclosure deed was created which okay. is a problem, <laughs> you know, so uh, that took about a month to correct because of other, you know, inefficiencies in the system as well, but that wouldn't have even happened had everything been just simply recorded on the blockchain, then the date would have matched, and then we would have saved a month of my life being homeless, <laughs> not really homeless, but, you know, yeah, uh, no, so there's that... a lot of these things that can be really avoided, and human hardship, uh, very potentially avoidable hardship, uh, right in the future and for something so minor you know for that to delay a closing for an entire month is kind of bizarre in itself but that's the speaks idea that the blockchain the will eliminate that yeah that speaks Excellent. to the inefficiencies of other things in the system you know when you're dealing with a foreclosure and servicers and i won't go into all that but yeah uh, those would not have been triggered those inefficiencies could still be there, but they would not have been triggered if the date was correct on my foreclosure deed, <laughs> on the foreclosure deed of the property I was buying. So. Right. 
Marina, this was really, really educational today. I really hope our listeners um, have a really good understanding of what we had talked about today, because I know before I started researching this, I knew nothing. (laughs) So this is really helpful. Um, We're just going to close up here. If you're looking for more information on Ubiquity or uh, Marina Resnick, please visit my website, realestatefuture.ca, and all those details are there. And for information on hiring me as a speaker at your next event, visit realestatefuture.ca and click, click professional speaker and all the details you need are there. Please join us next Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern for our next episode of the future of real estate. We hope you've enjoyed and have been inspired from today's edition of the future of real estate. Be sure to join Jessica Stoner again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week. 